Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sports Staff. I'm Nani the Fan. I'm your host, Wim Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. I mean, they got the win, um, and I really will not complain about the specific look of the win. I mean, the reality is the Raptors are in this playoff chase. They're trying to make their way up the standings. They're undeniably playing a lot better basketball of late. They finally have their first four-game win streak of the season with March just around the corner. Um, and you just need the results. And that's what the Raptors gave you today. This was like, this is you just get the results. You know, like, that, I mean, so the Raptors went 95 to 91 against the Detroit Pistons. Was it ugly? Super ugly. Big ugly, <laughs> as some nicknames on the team would be. No, but seriously, though, like, Nasty kind of performance, really gritty, and I'll give them some slack on this one, um, and I think we all should. Number one, games against Detroit are always super weird, right? I think it really actually has um, a strengthening effect for the home team when you are seeing so many fans crowded into your building supporting the opposite team, which is always the case with Toronto, obviously. You know, it's probably cheaper to take... Uh, it's probably it's definitely cheaper to take a trip down to Detroit and go to one of their uh, games uh, than it is to actually go to Toronto and go to their games. Um, but there's always that takeover effect um, that always makes it a way more competitive game um, than it normally would be. Then you add in the Dwayne Casey factor. The Pistons are are always there to play the Raptors hard, even though the Raptors have beaten them three times now this season. All three games have been very close and 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 uh, hard fought. Um, so there's that. And then I think the other thing, too, is just they played this game at noon, which is just really, really odd. Like, it always produces strange results. Um, you know, I, I think it really messes with the rhythm for a lot of these guys. Um, I'm sure they can play later. That happens a lot more often. Let's say you go on the West Coast. You, you're going to play later, right? But I think players are kind of normally okay with that. Um, but, yeah, the 12 p.m. start time is, is really odd. And, I, you know, I really thought this was a real good test of, you know, how every single player claims, like, you know, I'm the first guy in practice and I work really hard. And you hear this like universally across the board. But I'm always curious who's actually the first guy in practice, right? Because at a certain point, you got to come in super early and be able to perform at a very high level early in the day if you are that first guy in practice. And I had no doubt in my mind that Pascal was the first guy in practice and is the first guy in practice. And this is what it looks like. The results are really clear for you right now to see Pascal Siakam, who, I mean, look, was it all pretty? No. But a lot of it was pretty for Pascal, who, um, outside of some late misses, and of course that is always going to be a bit of a worry in the back of your mind, can Pascal close out this game? And he did miss out on some um, pull-up jumpers late in the game, although he did made uh, four free throws, intentional free throws, and the Raptors needed all of them. First one was to go from a one-point lead to a three-point lead, and then the second one was to go from a two-point lead to a four-point lead to clinch the game. So he gave you the free throws. Um, there is that nagging doubt, but at the same time, the number of plays Pascal made in this game, I mean, just absolutely dropping dudes, man. Um, Isaiah livers, who I think the first time I watched them, I was like, who is this? I, I, I didn't really understand, um, what his game was about. Um, but you know, he, he actually had a really good game in this one, uh, including a, a poster dunk at the end of the game against Jacoperto, um, which by the way, Jacoperto is owed an apology from Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr. fully could have dove on a loose ball right at his ankles in a two... It's like a two-possession game with one minute left. How are you not diving on the floor for a loose ball in that scenario? 
But the Pistons got the loose ball. They actually missed the first wide open three, which would have been even worse. The Pistons ran down the rebound, and then Isaiah Liver posters Jakob Pertl. So Liver still made a lot of plays, but Pascal dropped Livers at one point, broke his ankles at the end of the third quarter, crossover, literally like sent the man flying. He like fell to the ground and then spun 360 on his ass. Like it was amazing as a play. And then Pascal was able to go in and finish the and one on the drive as well, because obviously he created uh, quite the opening with with Isaiah Livers. Um, and he basically said, let it rip like this was Beyblade. And Isaiah was just was just spitting out. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I thought Pascal was just awesome in this game and, and it was, it was awesome. It was apparent at the start of the game when only Pascal was scoring, everyone else was missing shots. Um, and you know, throughout the game, I really thought the Raptors struggled to, to bring the intensity. I think the only positive parts in terms of guys playing up to what they can do, um, was was defensively. I thought the Raptors defensively did really well. Um, you know, outside of not being able to box out the Pistons, which was a much bigger problem in the first half than in the second half. Um, I just didn't think that Precious and Chris in particular came in with the requisite energy. And that's obviously a huge statement to say about them because those guys are in the game for energy. But you could tell first half performance, super lethargic from Chris and Precious. Second half performance, awesome. To the point where Nick Nurse was extending their minutes in the fourth quarter, even though the Raptors could have brought their starters back in. But the Raptors, uh, defensively overall, were, were great. I mean, uh, the only area that they were weak was um, in uh, protecting against the offensive glass. You look at a guy like Marvin Bagley. This guy was a man possessed today. Had a s- 11 offensive rebounds for Marvin Bagley. Um, um, the, the third. I would love to see Bagley the fourth uh, to grab 11 offensive rebounds at some point uh, before we crown him the next Tim Duncan. But... Um, yeah, I mean, wow, it, it, it was just such a strong defensive ever from the Raptors, which has, I think, been the big key behind this sort of stretch here where they've been continuing to win. Obviously, adding Jakob Porto really helps. This is another matchup where, you know, the Pistons are just looking to drive, 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 drive. Like, the, they, the three-point shot wasn't even a factor in this game for either team, really. Um, but especially wasn't a factor because the Pistons weren't really able to get Boyan Bogdanovich going. Again, that's defense. OJ Anobi guarding Bogdanovich. Last time Bogdanovich played the Raptors, he had like 30 points. He was getting guarded by Precious Achua, and he was the one carrying the Pistons in this game. Now OJ Anobi's back in the lineup, and you see the difference, right? OJ Anobi pressuring Bogdanovich throughout the course of the game, but even at the very start where he was pressuring him on the catch, on simple plays that weren't even shots for him to, to opportunities for him to shoot, just plays to like set up the, the offense, and Bogdanovich is getting pressured by OG and turning the ball over and stuff. So I thought OG really set the tone, taking out their opposing top score, and I thought Bogdanovich throughout the course of the game couldn't even get back into it. Um, also, but some elite tanking by Dwayne Casey at the end there because he was closing this game out with like Killian Hayes who has done absolutely nothing in all three games against the Raptors he is just a complete non-factor I mean you have to win all the minutes with Killian Hayes on the floor and and he had him in the game instead of a guy like Bogdanovich who clearly even if even if OJ Anobi has him covered at least he's occupying OG on defense and stretching the floor for you. He didn't check into this game until like three minutes left in the fourth quarter, and he didn't touch the ball much in that stretch either. Obviously, the Raptors showed good defense against him, but again, elite tanking by the Pistons. Dwayne, I see you, man. I see you. You're trying to do a job here. But um, the Raptors defensively, though, uh, were still strong. Um, You know, I thought, um, you know, Ivy obviously is the big threat for uh, the Pistons. And yes, he was able to get into the lane, and I, I really like um, a lot of what he was able to do in terms of 
his speed and his burst getting downhill and he's fearless and he sets guys up when he gets down there as well. He's not just looking to only make the play at the rim. He's also, you know, looking for the passes as well. And he did have 10 assists and 10 points, but he only shot three to 16, largely because the Raptors were able to a, you know, limit him to the perimeter shot, whether that was the mid range pull up or, or better yet, the three point shot, which is just was not there for him tonight. Oh, five. Um, but, you know, they were able to force him to some key misses as well. And late down the stretch, I mean, you know, the Raptors holding the Pistons to 21 points in the fourth. A lot of that was started by the second unit, which, as I mentioned, in the first half was not strong. Um, the first half, you saw guys like Thad Young get in there. You saw Nick Nurse shuffling the lineups around. But more importantly, I just thought Chris and Precious didn't play with the requisite energy. You know, and, and, and it's very noticeable when they don't play with energy because that's largely what they do. If you don't play, if Chris and Precious don't play with energy, they might as well not play. But you obviously cannot play them, right? So you give them that second chance. First half, um, Bagley was just going off. And then second half, yeah, Bagley still got a couple of baskets here or there, but way better from Chris and Precious, who, you know, had to really, really do a big job for the Raptors in this matchup. The Pistons, if anything else, they're just big. Got lots of size, right? They're starting Wiseman and Isaiah Stewart. Um, and then they're bringing Mag- Marvin Bagley off the bench. Like, you are just consistently going to see um, seven-footers out there who are going to be around the basket. Um, and then, of course, you know, they play physical and they play tough. Again, you know, the whole Dwayne Casey motivation thing, like, we've, we've been over this a million times. Um, so you need it. Really strong interior presence. And I thought OG um, and, and, and Jakob really carried it for the starters, but who was going to carry it for the bench? And the start of the fourth quarter, after Pascal Siakam finished the third quarter, give the Raptors the lead. The Pistons were actually looking to, you know, take the game over. They had a whole bunch of transition looks as well. Ivy had back-to-back transition scores. Um, Bogdanovich had back-to-back transition scores. And it was looking like the Raptors were breaking apart. Like, they were only down seven, but in a game where both teams were struggling to crack 60 um, late in the third quarter, seven feels like 20 in terms of a deficit because of how hard offense was for for both teams. But Pascal Siakam single-handedly took over, the crossover against Livers. Um, he also had a play where he, you know, he chased down block against uh, Bogdanovich. So he was really... And then after that, I thought even a better play um, where Pascal was deep in his defensive stance, staying in front of um, Jaden Ivey. And it reminded me so much of young Pascal. And I guess he's still young. He's only 28. But like, when I'm talking about rookie Pascal, like rookie second-year Pascal, where Dwayne Casey, ironically enough, in this game, when he was coaching the Raptors, he used to use Pascal Siakam at the point of attack. The way the Raptors are using Scotty Barnes right now, they used to use Pascal Siakam to guard like John Wall. They used to use Pascal Siakam to guard those kind of quick point guards, and he would be able to do it. He had the quick feet to do it, obviously along with the size advantage against any guard he was guarding. He sat down in his chair and cut Ivy off on the first drive. Ivy reset. He's like, okay, all right, I got a big on me. I'm going to try to string it out, go again. And then Pascal forced him into an air ball and a shot clock violation at the very end there. Beautiful stuff. And I thought Pascal was really leading the charge and that pushed the Raptors ahead. But I believe two points um, heading into the fourth quarter. And that's where it was like, okay, Pascal just played the entire uh, third quarter. He gave a lot of energy. He's willing to the team forward. How are you going to manage this time while he rests? And I thought the Raptors did a great job of responding in that stretch. You needed some fourth quarter Scotty. You needed some very aggressive offense from Precious Achua. You needed a timely three from Chris Boucher. You needed guys stepping in defensively and really getting into a crowd. You, you needed Jeff Doughton Jr. to come in and, and really shade the ball and cover Ivy. 
um, who obviously was the big threat in this game. Uh, and he is clearly somebody who is really quick. But guess what? Jeff Down Jr. is starting to develop that defensive reputation. You could tell that he has the trust of Nick Nurse, who loves defense. And you need a quick guard against some of these super quick guards on the opposing team, especially when um, you're not also using Malachi, who, you know, quite frankly, probably wouldn't be able to stay in front of Ivy. Jeff Down Jr., in addition to everything else, his first big moment, his first big impression on the Raptors was coming in at the end of the game against the Pistons in the first time the Raptors survived against them with Jeff Down coming in for that defensive possession and stopping Ivy on the on the drive. So not a surprise that Jeff Down gets more minutes here in, in this specific matchup. And I thought those four guys, Precious, Scotty, uh, Chris, and Jeff Down, obviously along with OG, who, you know, his defense is just a given. It's always going to be good. Those five guys defensively held down the fort in the, in the fourth quarter, and that's the group that Nickner started with. They weren't giving up baskets, and yes, offensively, was it nasty? Sure, but they made it work. You know, a couple, a, a little Scotty Barnes layup here, uh, a little high-low feed to Precious on a cut for an and one here. Precious, you know, th- there was a play, and by the way, I really admire Precious for his aggressiveness in, in games like this because a lot of guys probably don't want to shoot the ball in this game because they're like, well, it's early. I'm not in rhythm. Um, you know, the, 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 it's a real physical game. I could just swing the ball and get, uh, let other people do it. Precious takes on that b- responsibility. Is Precious the best offensive player in that group? No. Is he, is he the best scorer in that group? No. But Precious Achua has the most want to in that group, and I admire that because you have plays where the ball will swing to him in five seconds. Someone will throw him a grenade in the corner, and you know damn well Precious is not going to shoot that corner three, but he'll catch that grenade with five seconds in the corner with the, the paint completely loaded, and he'll muscle his way in there and draw a foul on James Wiseman with two left on the shot clock and get a technical foul on Wiseman on that play complaining about the foul call, then go to the free throw line make the first one miss the second one chase down his own rebound get into the corner against two guys against the pistons and then take on that physicality and draw the foul again put the pistons in the bonus with more than six minutes left and precious to goes to the free throw line and this time he makes damn sure he makes both free throws i love that aggressiveness from precious to i wish other guys on this team could be as aggressive as Precious. To be honest, a lot of guys on this team have better scoring ability than Precious, but that heart from Precious, that showed me something. I really love that from him. Chris knocks in a, a three also on a, on a swing pass from Precious, um, and 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 all of a sudden they have something. They have an 8 nothing lead, or they, they have an 8-point lead. Unfortunately, Nick just rode the group just a, a little bit too long, and I, I'll give Nick a lot of credit because the Pistons call timeout. Dwayne Casey's like, all right, the Raptors just won on this. Like Precious Achua just won on this personal run by just like destroying everybody. Um, let's call a timeout. Let's get some of our starters in. Not not Boyan because we're still tanking. But you know, at least give me Corey Joseph in there, okay? Um, and I thought Nick Nurse came out of that timeout. He's like he could have easily. I think that was around six minutes. He could have easily brought back Pascal at that point, but he chose not to. He still waited a little bit longer. And let his bench group go. And they still was able to maintain and push the lead just a little bit more. But unfortunately, the Pistons make that run and they ultimately tie the game. And it was like a Corey... It's like a classic Pistons game, right? So it's stuff that you wouldn't expect. It's a Corey Joseph mid-range pull-up with Scotty on him. And and just boom, dots him in the eye with the mid-range pull-up. Where was that, Corey? Like, where... (laughs) You know, like... Or Corey Joseph with that bangs in a three. I mean, like, I would have loved that back in 2017. You know, um... It's it's Isaiah Livers with with the hammer dunk. It, it it's you know it, it's a random James Wiseman you know bucket here or there you know so they start to get themselves back into the game and they tie it or Hamadou Diallo is is hitting mid range 
uh, catch and shoots. Like what what's happening? Right. This this game was straight out of like the the early two thousands. Man, I I was expecting to hear Ben Wallace or like Billups out there. Like it, it was that style of game, and it got tough. It got really tough. But the Raptors hung in there, and and really so many of these games. This season have come down to these scenarios where you're in the game late and the Raptors just don't close it out. The Raptors record in close games has not been good up until this very stretch, up until Yaka Pirtle comes into this game. And it's not just all Yaka Pirtle, but a lot of it is because guess what? A lot of their, their late game offense was the Pistons playing ball denial defense against uh, Pascal. You know, guys are literally top locking him or, or basically standing between Pascal and the ball and, 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 to forcing him to not catch it well guess what you can do in that scenario instead of scotty trying to make that pass to pascal all of a sudden you have Jakob proto now who's in the middle of the floor you throw it to Jakob. nobody's pressuring Jakob like that and then guess what when somebody's hugging pascal and staying on the inside of him like that you catch you throw the ball to Jakob, and pascal cuts back door now you have an advantage because the man was playing you so hard not to catch the ball and you cut back door you have a natural step and a half over that guy and you trust Jakob to make that pass, and twice in the fourth quarter, the Raptors were able to hi- use the high-low between Jakob Pertl and Pascal Siakam for layups at the basket, wide open. Beautiful, beautiful offense. Also, you have a big standing out there. It clears out the paint, so there's no shot blockers around. Uh, I mean, look, the Pistons probably could have rotated, but ultimately, you know, in all three games that we've seen against the Pistons, the Raptors have been able to back cut. Remember, I mean, I don't know who really remembers way back when, when it was the Delano Banton game, he had 27, um, and the Raptors were playing them in November and beating the Pistons. In that game, the Raptors got tons of backdoor cuts. Thad Young alone had four assists on backdoor cuts. It was, he was feeding Wancho, he was feeding Jeff Doughton, and all that kind of stuff. So you still have this opportunity, and you were able to use it late with the Yak and Skills connection, right? Um, but that was nice. You got a little bit of that. You got a, a super scramble, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Scotty just was able to find Gary wide open for three. Gary in this game, I got to say, even though he scored a lot, it's just a lot of plays where I'm just like, you know, he's forcing his offense and the open shots weren't dropping. But of course, late in the game, you can trust Gary to knock down a big three. We have seen that time and time again this season. Gary gives you the three you need. And and he gave you that three right there, which was a one-point game turned into a four-point game. And then, of course, you needed just a little bit of defense. You needed guys to really come in there and lock it down. Because no matter what, you know, you still have, uh, you know, a, a dangerous opponent who who you know no matter who it is yeah it's the pistons but when you're talking about late in the game one or two possessions everybody's dangerous you got to get stops more than anything else and i thought the raptors were able to get those stops right um you know they um they they were able to guard ivy right uh, this coming out of the timeout the raptors up three pistons called timeout i think it's their last timeout actually which was actually very important in this case they called their last timeout that they're down three and it's like last minute of the game but enough time where there's going to be more possessions. Um, the Raptors are able to um, have Scotty on Ivy, which was their preferred matchup for most of the game. And um, they were able to um, contain Ivy on the drive. You know, Scotty stayed with them. Yes, there was a blow by, but you stay attached. There's different level of separations of blow by, right? You don't just completely give up on the play and start to gamble and start to reach like Gary does on, on the previous play where Wiseman was able to score on, on a floater. Okay. Scotty stays attached at the hip against Ivy. Ivy gets into the lane two feet, but he has to stop and pivot because obviously Jakob Pertl's there and a bunch of other help defenders there. And he ultimately pivots, pivots, can't really do anything, throws it back out. It's a turnover. 
And the Raptors forced that turnover late in the game. And guess what? Pascal Siakam, very smart. Instead of rushing up the floor, he knows what the deal is, holds on to the ball. You know, a, a really, really... Oh, actually, no, that, wasn't, that was a different play. But um, uh, the Raptors go up the, the, the floor and, and they're able to, um, to get some offense going. Although Scotty, unfortunately, bricked a shot and then Gary uh, forced up a bad three. Um, and then, you know you had uh, another sequence where you really had to get the stop and um, the Pistons, um, for some reason, go to Marvin Bagley in crunch time, which, I mean, I say for some reason, it's not like he wasn't scoring, but the point is, I say for some reason, because it wasn't like he was scoring off of, like, him having the ball and attacking. He was scoring off of, like, putbacks. He was scoring off of cuts to the basket, pick and roll, right? That kind of stuff, transition. He wasn't scoring in, like, a like a set play style of action, but they gave Marvin Bagley the ball at the elbow and let him attack. And Bagley being having one of the games of his career, probably with the Pistons. I mean, 21 and 18, he had a Yaka portal, right? So you, you give him the ball. He's only going to look to shoot, but you still need to be able to contest it. And I thought Yaka did such a great job staying with Bagley, contesting the shot, forcing him to shoot over a bigger player. The shot misses. Pascal gets the rebound and that's where he's smart. That was a one point game. The Raptors were able to get the rebound. Pascal goes to the free throw line, makes it three points. And now it's a very, very key situation for the Pistons, right? They have no more timeouts. Um, they come, actually, that was their last timeout. My bad. Uh, to be honest, I, the, the notes in this one weren't as strong. Okay, so this is their final timeout. They're down three. The Pistons inbound the ball. Um, the Raptors, generally speaking, don't actually take the intentional fouls, right? There's not that many instances where the Raptors take the intentional fouls. Um, there are certain teams that do this on a very consistent basis. They're very good at it. The Raptors mostly like to play it straight up. However, you also got to be, even having said that, you got to be smart in these situations. And what the Raptors do is, um, I think the ball got out to Ivy. They they didn't actually foul him. He, sw- he, he swung it over to Bagley. And Bagley was kind of dawdling at the three-point line, which ultimately it's like, mm, you don't really want to foul him. Um, when he's outside the three-point line, maybe if he's like t- got his back turned to the basket, you intentionally foul, or if he's inside the arc, definitely foul. But he was kind of taking a sweet time, and Scotty just like grabs him, and it was it was a subtle, it was reach, it, it was it was not like as egregious of a tie-up. And Bagley did instinctively react to it by jumping into the shot, but as the replay confirmed, the referees were actually very good on this one. Scotty fouled him before he went into his move. And so instead of a chance for, for Bagley to go to the free throw line and make three to, to force overtime, which nobody wanted, okay? Nobody wanted to see overtime of this game. Um, instead, Bagley goes to the free throw line, unable to uh, extend the game at that point. And he makes the first one to make it a two-point game. He misses the second one. I don't think that was intentional. I think he just has been missing a lot of free throws. Today, he was three of eight from the foul line, but he misses the second free throw. Um, the Raptors rip it down. Pascal gets the rebound. And he gets fouled again, forces the the game to be a four point game, and it's it's over at that point. So, man, I mean, it it, it was a lot of effort to get into this game. I would have to say that um, yeah, it it was it was kind of all hands on deck ultimately. Like at the start of the game was not strong offensively. It was it was never strong outside of the third quarter where Pascal kind of took over there. Um, but you got a little you got a late push from Scotty, who I think had a scoreless first half. Um, but he finishes with 12 points in 37 minutes, you know, did enough. Like it wasn't like a typical Scotty Barnes fourth quarter takeover, but he did have much more offense um, late in the game 
in the fourth quarter, at the start of the fourth quarter, um, when he needed to, right? Especially when Pascal's out. This is the thing. I'm not expecting Scotty to, like, just take over and score that easily, right? To be honest, his skill set isn't like that. However, when Pascal goes to the bench and there is a group out there that's Scotty, OG, Precious, Chris, and Jeff Doughton, I do expect Scotty to impose himself on the game, not just with his passing, but also putting so much pressure on the defense that it sets up great passes or that it, it sets up opportunities for him to score. And so he does he does do that enough. I thought Precious, again, I, 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 mean, I admire the effort that he gave tonight. Um, he stepped up here for you. Um, Chris, I mean, he was contesting tons of shots. He was doing a great job to the point where he got elbowed in the mouth by Hamadou Diallo on a drop to the basket. Even though I thought it was verticality from Chris, but, you know, Nick already wasted his challenge earlier on the same play by Chris. So, unfortunately, Chris gets elbowed and stays down, and I think he's going to be okay, to be honest. But they did do a concussion test on him, as you would when you catch an elbow to the head. But I thought Chris gave you great energy with that group. Jeff Dowden really gave you great energy with that group. And, yeah, I mean, with the starters, it's just you need a guys to be at least solid, right? Like, not 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 bad on both ends of the floor, if you can't score like most of the starters tonight outside of Pascal, can you at least give energy defensively? And I thought OG did a great job shading Bogdanovich and cutting him off. Um, you know, between OG and also Dwayne Casey tanking, Bogdanovich only has 11 points. Um, I thought Jakoperto gave you great energy around the basket as always. And of course, the, the high-low passes late were very, very key. Again, it's just a very instinctual thing. It's not a play. It's not a play. It's really just reacting to the Pistons. The Pistons are blocking the pass to Pascal. They're cutting him off. They're not even letting him cut to the ball. You cut back door in that scenario, right? That I mean, it's the same principle you see in like football or like even an ultimate frisbee. You do that, okay? So you know that was a very smart move. But you know, Yak giving you that, giving you the rim protection, giving you the rebounding as well. I thought the Pistons were able to really control the offensive glass when it was against the bench. But when Yakov was in, no such problem. Um, and again, some some pretty key contests on that front. Um, Gary, I mean, I got to say, like, yes, he's making a point of making some extra passes, which is which is good. But also at the same time, he is forcing his offense out there in a way that reminds me a lot of the struggle that Fred would often face in this matchup against the Pistons. You need some shooting, right? They have a lot of size there and they're really crowding the paint, right? So you need some shooting out there. You need guys to give you that extra offense. And Gary wasn't able to give it to you in this game, but it's a very different role than what he normally would, which is catch and shoot or attacking single coverage off a closeout, stuff like that, or in transition where he inevitably misses a transition layup. He's got to get better at that. He really does. Like, I, I just, I don't understand why he's, he, he gets he gets a lot of steals, um, which is great, um, but he, he doesn't always finish the layup in transition, which is odd. Um, but in this game, you saw a lot of, like, shot creation from Gary where he has to work a pick and roll and 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 really you know get to his shots and, and and force up some some threes that are more you know off the dribble rather than catch and shoot off of Pascal posting him up and then and then kicking it out to Gary which is always a money play and it just reminds me of like oh like this is the struggle Fred has to face all the time and that's not to excuse Fred for for not for taking some bad shots here or there absolutely does but and when I'm looking at this performance I'm like I mean I guess what I'm trying to say is like it, it does look a lot specific to the role rather than to the player. But we do ascribe so much blame to the player rather than the role. And then we assign character blame to the the the, the role, not the player, which, again, whatever it is, it is what it is. Happy birthday, Fred, by the way. Um, but listen, the guys did just enough. And, and ultimately, that's all you need. Right. Like, yes, we beat the Pistons this year. I don't even think we beat the Pistons by a combined 10 points. 
when you think about the three games they beat the Pistons, last game they beat them by one, this game they beat them by four. The last game before that, it came down to last possession, so I can't imagine it was more than five points. But you got three wins against the Pistons. And look, ultimately, after this React pod, you are not going to think about this game. You are going to focus on the next game against Cleveland. That's going to be much more competitive. It's going to be at a more normal time. So you're going to have to see the Raptors come out with a better effort. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, um, they got the job done. And so many times this season, they haven't got the job done. And they did it enough. They did it as a team. And they did it with Pascal leading the charge, as he always does. And he is your first star from tonight's game. 29 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. 9 of 19 shooting. Uh, made a 3 as well. That was a 2 for 1 situation. Uh, 10 of 13 from the free throw line. I mean... Did everything. And I loved how much he responsibility he assumed defensively. He It looked like he was trying to spark the team. The, like, after that cross, like, it was the, just the last minute of the third quarter. The crossover against Livers to drop him and one on the drive. Then the chase down block against Bogdanovich right at the basket, pinning him against the glass. And then on a late, like, probably five seconds, but the Pistons still had a time to come up the floor. Pascal with the quick double team to force the turnover there um, at the end of the quarter. Amazing. And that's the kind of leadership that you need to will and inject some energy into that game. Because at that point onward, the rest of the team was able to play with energy in the fourth quarter as well. So he's obviously your first star. Your second star, um, man, uh, I'm going to the Yak. Nine points, eight, 14 rebounds, four assists, two steals, a block. Um, I mean, he shot three of eight from the field, which a lot of those were missed tip-ins. But also he wasn't able to score, you know, 85% of his shots the way he has been doing since coming to the team. Clearly, there was more, like, um, size to go up against and also, you know, a lot more broken offense. You know, you give him the ball and last him to create in the post, he's not always going to do it. Uh, but at the same time, his defense was there. His passing was there. You don't win this game without him. And I just keep coming back to this. I don't think you win any of these games the Raptors have won post-deadline without Yaka Protal. Like, I really don't. And also, by the way, a promising sign for Yak today, only one foul. Only one foul. Uh, and then your third star... Um, man, I, I'll give it to Scotty. I, I think, look, listen, it wasn't, was it a headline game from Scotty? No, we're not going to see no stat muse, you know, posters of cartoons of Scotty with the stat line and all the people retweeting and being like, wow, look at him, all this other stuff. Obviously the Scotty discourse is very exhausting, but I thought this was a really solid game on both ends of the floor. Offensively. Yes, he was, a, he was not doing enough in the first half, but how many times have we seen this, right? Like we've seen this pattern play out over and over and over again. He will eventually get going. And I thought that Pascal got him going a little bit with the catch and shoot three. Um, but also Scotty got himself going a little bit as well. Took took his own um option a couple times as well. Um but I liked his defense against Ivy. Three of sixteen for Ivy is, is you know, not all Scotty, like it's a team wide thing, but I mean that's his primary assignment. He did a really good job there. Um twelve points, seven rebounds, four assists. The late assist to Gary was big. Um and you know, look, listen, obviously like in a, in a game where you had better performances, you wouldn't give this to Scotty. Like, this is not a standout one. We're not going to rem- reminisce on this one. But he did enough today, and he had to do a lot. He was given a lot of responsibility, and he was able to handle it. So those are your three stars. Your Gerald Henderson award winner. That's obviously going to Ma- Marvin Bagley the third. Uh, we'll see if Marvin ba- Bagley the fourth can do better tomorrow. But 21-18 and 18 for him um, on 9-19 of 19 shooting. I mean, that's the, that's got to be the best game I've seen Marvin Bagley play um, outside of a Duke uniform. So, um yeah, I mean, look, listen, it was a nasty win, but you, you got to enjoy it. Now you can enjoy the rest of your Saturday, and uh, we'll come back and stress about the next game against Cleveland uh, tomorrow evening. But thanks, everyone, for listening. Continue to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, and, uh, yeah, catch you then.